Now, the purpose of credit unions is obvious, isn't it? Well, isn't it? I know that the Co-op Credit Union of Manchester are in the middle of a major project that challenges the actual purpose of the credit union, not in a negative way, but to be more certain that the success or otherwise of the credit union is measured against a, an up-to-date member and stakeholder confirmed statement of purpose. Anyway, I'll bring you more about that story when Matt Bland and his team launch the results later this year. One of the perceptions about credit unions is that they alleviate poverty. And I guess many within the Irish and UK credit union movement will accept that perception. After all, I suspect that banks are not perceived as alleviating poverty by the general public or even by bank workers themselves. So do credit unions alleviate poverty? I spoke to three well-known experienced credit union people, Paul Jones, Eileen Halligan and Des Morrissey, and I put this question to them. I started with Dr. Paul Jones, Director of Research at CFCFE, and he's also a reader in the social economy at Liverpool John Moores University. Now, many people know Paul Jones. He's been involved in a whole range of uh, research into credit unions and financial services for lower and moderate income households. And he's also done research into money and debt advice services. So I started by asking Paul, do credit unions alleviate poverty? Credit unions are cooperative financial institutions. That's what they are. And they exist to serve their members and their members from any and all socioeconomic uh, backgrounds. People on low incomes and even people on higher incomes. And it's true that we've had a history where most of many of our credit unions, or even most at the beginning, particularly those in communities, were started as vehicles for tackling poverty. They arose at a time of recession and great financial hardship in local communities. And people saw credit unions as tackling poverty. But credit unions actually, their purpose isn't to tackle poverty per se, it's to serve their members, many of whom may be and are on low incomes and many who can be financially excluded. So that's not their main purpose. But let's add another thing in there, Chris, as well. What do we mean by poverty? Tackling poverty, that's the big word, tackling poverty. Well, uh, poverty's got many dimensions and many layers. And one of the things about poverty that people often jumped into people's minds is, is as if it's a kind of absolute poverty, a kind of poverty which is a, a severe deprivation of human needs, not enough food on the table, not, enough, not a good enough place to live, just not have the wherewithal to you know, keep body and soul together. That kind of absolute poverty is very hard to tackle for anybody. But it's not really the responsibility or has not been the responsibility even of credit unions in this country. So tackling that kind of poverty is not something that credit unions can do. It's the role of governments and other agencies. Well, there's another way of looking at poverty, too, and that's looking at poverty as relative poverty. That's poverty that whereby that people don't have the means, don't have the wherewithal to fully participate within society. And of course, this is where credit unions do, can do, and do do a great deal. This is the kind of poverty that leads to over-indebtedness, that leads to financial vulnerability, financial stress, and all that goes with struggling to uh, rob Peter to pay Paul. 
Now, this is where credit unions can and do make a very significant contribution by assisting people who are relatively poor to build their financial health and their financial resilience. Paul, what about some of the other lenders that are in this place? If I look across the marketplace, there are people lending money at far more expensive rates than credit unions, people that are lending money on doorsteps. You've even done research in the past that has demonstrated that you know, credit unions aren't the lender of last resort. There are other lenders and they are filling a gap. And surely that's morally wrong, though. Well, I mean, I think we have to take things in perspective here. Credit unions are part of the community finance sector in Britain. And we have community development finance institutions, you know, quite a number of them in the country. who will probably charge around about four or five times the amount of a credit union. So even social lenders, you know, are having to charge relatively you know, high costs, maybe 160% APR, and that's a social lender. When it comes to, you know, higher cost lenders, yes, it's true, and we all know this, and all the research has shown, you know, there's, <laughs> the field is open for exploitation. You know, poor folks with little access to anything else are open to being exploited by higher by higher cost credit providers and they do you know and many of them do we've seen all the stories recently of you know the payday lenders and the you know the rent to own shops and those were on the high street until very very recently uh but also we need though let's just add a little thing in there to this we have to compare like with like let's take a doorstep lender a doorstep lender goes to your house once a week and probably only gets paid six times in 10. And the other four times probably says to you, well, you know, don't worry about it. I'll see you next week. So they're going to the house. They're not getting paid six times in 10. And these companies have to build that into their business model and in there to their charge. A number of years ago, for the Joseph Rowntree Foundation with Elaine Kempson in Bristol, we were challenged and said, okay, doorstep lenders are extortionate, which they can be. Can credit unions do it cheaper? Now, this was about 10 years ago. And even then, on the basis that the government would give you the money free to lend, so there was no cost of funds, and that's not realistic these days, uh, we still could only get it down to 125% APR if you were lucky. So to do like with like, you've got to be you've got to be careful. But it's true to say out there there are many sharks, as we've called them in the past. There are many people that are out to make money. It's a it's a lucrative market, the low income market, and they're out to make money. And this is where credit unions have a great role to play. We're not there. We have to make ends meet. We have to make make a surplus on our lending. But we're not there, really, to, to rip people off. We're there to serve people. And that's the motto of the credit union movement. It's people helping people. There is a role, I suppose, in all this. And some of those lenders of last resort would say it's nothing to do with them. But there is a role in all this of education, and a role of educating members, educating borrowers, 
as to how they can actually organize their finances differently. Now, credit unions might put their hand up for this, but they're probably the only ones that do. Does that make credit unions better just because they offer that? Well, if they do offer it, and as you say, it's incredibly important. You know, the um, it really should start with financial education. You know, one of the objectives of the credit union movement is the education of their members. That's written in, I think, into the into the rules, into the into the act. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so education, financial education is incredibly important. Well, let's go back to the beginning where we talked about credit unions tackling poverty, relative poverty. Um, how does it how do credit unions do that? They do it by, you know, lending at affordable rates so that people, you know, don't lose vast amounts of money to these high cost lenders we've been speaking about. They do it by encouraging people to save. I can come back to that because saving has got a very important role in all of this. They also do it by, you know, to a certain extent, offering various insurances. Um, the insurances on people's um, life insurance is incredibly important. Often people on very low incomes, if they're hit by an unprovided death, that is uh, very difficult. But through all of that, through the, through the credit, the saving, the insurances and whatever, education is important. Now, where do credit unions, how and in what way do credit unions educate their members? Now, some do run financial education courses. Uh, CFCFE recently, you know, published a paper written by Coventry University on how credit unions can uh, build the financial capability of their members. And in this case, it, it was supported by an app for your mobile phone, kind of an education on the phone. Uh, designed for credit unions. But actually, not everybody does that. Not everybody has formal education programs as part of their, um, their, 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 their delivery. Uh, but what they do have is informal education. And this is where credit unions really can step up to the plate. And this is where they should be. Through the interaction with the staff members of a credit union, through the types of conversations and dialogue that takes place, sensitivity of staff to the needs of their members, that's where education and advice actually takes place. And also you could add to that all the kind of material, particularly these days that put out on social media uh, and through on the websites and so on, all adds to education. But fundamental to it all is financial education delivered either informally in one-to-one -one encounters or maybe more formally through, you know, particular programs or on websites or wherever. Paul, you mentioned savings earlier, but it says on the tin, credit unions, so I presume credit is what their main business is. So how does savings in any way contribute to helping people that may be in difficulty or maybe in poverty? Saving is fundamental to the credit union model. In fact, when credit unions started in the 19th century, um, they were no more for thrift than they were for credit. So why saving so important? Because what we know from the, uh, a lot of research that's been carried out, a lot in America, we know that saving has got much greater value than the value of the stored income. So you save £100. Yeah, it's got value as £100. But it also has value in terms of the social and psychological impact on you. It changes the way people 
think about themselves. Take, for example, going to a doorstep lender. You're always going with nothing, always with nothing. You've got nothing. You get the loan, you pay it back. You've still got nothing. Credit unions don't work like that. Credit unions encourage people to save even small amounts. And while they're repaying, they're saving. And so that changes the way people think about themselves. It gives people greater hope for the future, greater resilience and greater a sense of financial self-worth. We've seen it so many times, you know, in lower income areas where people say to us, I've never had savings before, never in my life. And there might be somebody at 50 years of age. And it's just changed the way they think about themselves. And that, of course, leads to greater, in the longer term, financial health and stability. And that's a big thank you to Paul Jones. I then spoke with Eileen Halligan, Chief Executive Officer and Secretary at Central Liverpool Credit Union, a well-established Merseyside credit union with over 16,000 members and three branches. And I asked her the same question, do credit unions alleviate poverty? We do have um, people that we've called work in poverty. I think that's become the nature these days of zero our contracts and, and um, people who need tax credits to get by and so on. It, it's been the last decade. Uh, I, like you, have been involved in the credit union for a long time. Um, we started in the 80s and uh, I sometimes feel like I'm reliving all of the angst of the 80s all over again, which was one of the reasons why we, we set up the credit union. It wasn't the only reason, but it was certainly... Um, because at that time we had third generation unemployed, we were we've been heavily dependent upon the docks, and we we still, even though we are much more um, economically viable as a city now, uh, um, we're still not there. You know, two percent of our our membership is concentrated in the highest two percent in the country of impoverished people, and so um, and I think it's a decades thing. It's it's generation after generation and that's the nature of poverty it's not just financial poverty it's impoverishment it's, it's lack of opportunities it's um, lack of education so if your parents are in poverty you're more likely to be so because yeah a you haven't got the aspirations you, you probably haven't had the best start in life all of those things so poverty to me is a multifaceted um thing and yes we do have working impoverished people but the bulk of our membership are live on state benefit and even if you're only able to save one pound per week doesn't sound very much but you've got yourself into that habit you've got yourself thinking about how you manage your debt and so for us one of the things that we in our experience has been that members can come to us in dire straits wanting the credit union to be a panacea for all their ills but they have to work with us and so we might give them a consolidation loan if we think that they can afford it or we can work with them. We're not a solution to poverty, we can go some way, quite a way, to helping people with the financial aspects of coping with poverty, but only in terms of their day-to-day -day budgeting. I think that the whole, there needs to be a paradigm shift to deal with poverty and that means the whole of society needs to address it. And putting money into things like housing, putting money into things like education, 
Why have we got an increase in food banks? Credit union can't solve that as a problem. The government can. We, we all can as a society. And I think if society adopted the cooperative and mutual philosophy of a credit union, perhaps then we could, it, that, that philosophy could be the alleviation of poverty because it's all of us working together. Thanks a lot to Eileen Halligan from Central Liverpool Credit Union. Clearly got lots of great experience that she wants to share with us. Lastly, I spoke to Des Morrissey. Des has been the Chief Executive Officer at Talak Credit Union, just southwest of Dublin City. Des has been in the financial services industry for over 40 years. He left Talak Credit Union at the point where they had 17,000 members it had been going for 35 years and it got assets over 65 million euros. I caught up with Des on one of his afternoons off. Well, as he told me, he got lots of afternoons off at the moment, but he's got a wealth of knowledge and he was happy to share it with us. But I asked him the same question that I'd asked Eileen and Paul. Do credit unions alleviate poverty? God, that's a, that's a very difficult question. Uh I suppose you, you, by helping someone, you can help someone in a particular situation, but do you help them in the long term? You know what I mean? Do you get them out of poverty or do you just help them deal with a situation that crops up all the time when you're in poverty? You know, I had a, a many, in one of my first few years, I had people in the central bank sitting across from the office that do what's called an inspection, a prison inspection. They'd be questioning some of your, your loans. You know, you shouldn't be, you should be really lending to, to that person. I'd say, I'd say, you work in the central bank. If you had a puncture in your car tomorrow, what would you do? You take out your credit card and you get it fixed. I have people, if they have a puncture in their car tomorrow, they can't, they can do nothing. Or if someone breaks their window or drains a cooker, they, don't, they can't replace it. So, and by giving them a loan for a new cooker or to do their car, we're not taking them out of poverty. We're just helping them manage living on the edge. Because I would think that's what I've described as we deal with people who live on the edge. Their circumstances can change very quickly. They can be going along fine. Suddenly something happens. Someone gets sick. Very common area. Kids get involved in drugs. You know, that, that, would, be a, that would create common serious problems for people. And their windows start getting smashed or the car just gives up. Things which, to me, I just go change the car, right? No big deal. It's not a problem. But to them, it's a, so they're, they're, they're struggling on the bottom or a level the whole time and all we can do is help them manage on that level we can't get them out of it you know we're not going to alleviate poverty we're not going to get them out of there by just the lending maybe you could look at ways we can do it and we might get to that later but you can't do it by just lending some money you can't borrow your way out of poverty I'm interested in this working poor. So there would be people that would be in work that would be some of your members. You were saying there's some that are out of work. We'd have people on fairly low pay as well that would be members of the credit union. And they would they be using the credit union in that way as to help them at the end of their month? I suppose that a very high proportion would be partially dependent on social welfare. A lot of them would be in work, but they'd be, they wouldn't be at an income level where, where they'd be paying tax, but they'd be getting certain, certain, certain benefits from the state as well. And they would regularly come into, the, come into the credit union for loans. Now, a lot of them we turn down because they're not managing their finances well enough. You know, And sometimes you don't do them any favours by being there for them all the time. The first thing I noticed when I went into the credit union 
was the amount of top-ups. Now, top-ups, the central bank have this thing about top-ups. Top-ups are not a bad thing. But when the, when the loan is rising the whole time and the payments are staying the same, that is a disaster about to happen. That was very common in credit unions in Ireland. It's kind of been stamped out now. But a lot of those members who, who, who used it just more and more and more credit, we've kind of weaned those away now. It's, it's, top, it's topping up more like an overdraft. It goes up and down and up and down and up and down, as opposed to up, 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 which was the, which was the way it previously. So we have a lot of members, just at certain times, at holiday times, at Christmas time, the family occasion time, they top it up. It would go back down then, and then we'd know they'd be coming in next year and be topping it up again. But that's the lifeline. of it. That's our bread and butter. The mother will come in with five or six books and she'll be paying all the kids. All the kids these are grown-up kids. They're working, young fellas working, and the mother's in paying their loans and things. I'm not certain that's that, that's going to continue. You know, uh, we'd have to find our members other other ways uh, than relying on the way it always was. Because the way it always was, we can be sure of one thing: it ain't the way it's going to be in the future. And we as credit unions need to think about how we attract members of the future, because that old way won't won't work. It won't be passed down uh, from generation to generation. I don't believe. Leave property. I'd, I'd put it different. I'd say, I'd say, did credit unions leave you poverty? Do credit unions leave you poverty? And can they in the future? And there's three separate questions. And I would say, most certainly, when credit unions started, they did, because in those days, which you, as you've, you've told what age you'd remember, banks didn't do mortgages. Banks, banks didn't lend to anyone unless you were a professional person had a big business in the town. You were one of their big. Companies. They didn't lend to anyone. You couldn't open an account if you're a blue-collar worker. So to help those people get their kids, get education, get to college, the credit unions definitely opened an avenue of credit to those people, uh, to that huge group of people that helped them move up in the world. Do they now, all those people that the banks didn't court, they courted now. So, so we're not... We're not we're serving some of those people, they could easily go to the banks, so we're not specifically helping them. We have found we're moving that we've been pushed to a, to another group of people, people who don't work, people on social, uh, people on social welfare, people who we just keep there. We just manage, let help them manage to live in that kind of situation, but we're not going to get them out of it. And can we? I think we possibly can, but we have to involve ourselves much more closely in community groups that work in poverty. We're not going to do it, but we can support the groups in their community that do it. We can support them financially and by active involvement. And by that, get the community to see the credit unions are really part of the community. You know, really, they're really helping the community. But I think a lot of work needs to be done on that. But I think that's how we could do it. We could get involved in these groups, support them financially, and be seen, not just send them a cheque of £200 every year for their raffle, but actually get seriously involved. And I think that that's something we could do and differentiate yourself very clearly. And a big thank you to Des Morrissey for joining us from Tallaght Credit Union. Even though he's retired, he's still full of wisdom, and I thank him for being there. Well, there we have it. Three opinions on whether credit unions alleviate poverty or not. This discussion will go on forever. Thanks for listening today. I hope this has provoked some conversation amongst yourselves, and I certainly hope it's provoked conversation amongst credit unions. Thanks for being there and listening to Talking Credit Unions with Chris Smith.